Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Off the Tracks podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. With me, as always, tonight, Jace Jellison. Jace, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Travis. How are you? I am good. I am good. And also back with us from the frozen northlands of Canada, Corey Sheets. And Corey, did you take reindeer shuttle from the airport? Or wait, no, they don't drive to Tampa, unfortunately. (laughs) No, no, I had somebody drop me off. (laughs) well as always we do thank reindeer shuttle for sponsoring us we need them to expand to other airports and just take over the entire midwest driving buses to and from lafayette to various airports because driving to the airport sucks and what also sucks is losing to iowa 20 to 14 in a ridiculously frustrating game wouldn't you say jace yeah it's it's really just been the theme of the year for purdue especially on offense it's like Close, but no cigar. They had opportunities to score, uh, especially those first three drives. They ended up stalling out in Iowa territory. Um, had two good drives, but those really felt like outliers. You looked at the rest of the game, you know. I'm, it was just, like you mentioned, it was kind of frustrating for that offense to, uh, to have those opportunities and not be able to cash in on them yet again. Yeah, you had one uh, drive early on end in an interception. You had a missed field goal early on. Uh, and like you said, the first three drives ended in Purdue or in, ended in Iowa territory. And uh, also they got a fourth one that uh, ended in Iowa territory later on because uh, there was one they had to punt from the Iowa 48 and then they scored at the last drive of the half. So like you said, uh, they had their chances and – you're sitting midway through the season at two and four. You're disappointed in that, but at the same time, really, this team could be four and two. They're about one play, really, from being four and two. I mean, you make a big play against Iowa, you make a big play against Fresno State late. That's the difference, really. Yeah, and it, it feels like they're further away than I think they actually are, and I think that just kind of comes with losing, to be honest. Um, you get so deflated after a loss that – uh, you, you tend to look at the negatives rather than um, looking at some of the things that they did well. And you're always going to have negatives in any game. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's a bunch of negatives in the Illinois win. So, um, yeah, I mean, Purdue's close, but they're still so far away, I feel like. There's so many areas that they have to clean up, and things aren't going to be getting any easier for them. And Corey, what's your impression right now? Do you think this team is close uh, based on what you've seen so far? I mean, yeah, because they show flashes here and there. The defense will come up with big plays, and it's <clears throat> due to skill, not luck, I would say. Then the offense had put together drives, and then they stall out. So it's like you show flashes here and there, but you just can't put it together to make it one complete game. Yeah, and I think it's even more frustrating in a game like this where – I honestly think for large stretches, Purdue outplayed Iowa. Don't you agree, Jace? I mean, Iowa hit on one big play for the Caleb Johnson run. They got three points from their defense thanks to an interception. But they were incredibly one-dimensional the rest of the way. They completed six passes, and they're not a service academy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Army has more – Army's receivers have more catches than the Iowa receivers. That just goes to tell you – how how much they've struggled this year. And, I mean, Deacon Hill's got the, all the physical tools, but 
And he hasn't put his together. I mean, he was missing dudes left and right. I've never seen anything like that. It was pretty wild. Just to see, yeah. Just to see his arm talent, and he couldn't dial it up at all. Uh, he wasn't even close on a lot of those throws. I mean, he's overthrowing guys. Uh, the Thiedemann interception, was that an overthrow or a tip? Uh, it was a drop. Off the guys. Oh, no. He said, which one you said? The Thiedemann interception, the one that uh, we got. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was a drop. He, it might have hit him. I think it hit him in the hands and it popped up. And, you know, yeah, it was like he bounced off his helmet or something. Like He felt like he threw it too hard. <laughs> and, and that's just another thing. That's just another thing that was so frustrating. It's like they had the good punt return by Sheffield early. They had the good interception return from uh, Thieneman, and they just they weren't able to finish. And I just it's so aggravating to lose a game like this. I'm looking at Iowa's passing stats, and six of twenty one for 110 yards. And five of ninety-seven in a touchdown to one guy, and I believe they hit all the uh, the tight end on back-to-back throws, and that was their other touchdown. So, uh, just this is what Iowa does. This is what Iowa does. <laughs> I honestly don't feel like Iowa beat us. I feel like we lost this game. Yeah, how how would you define that? You know, what's that like as a player? You know, what gets you that feeling as a player? Doing stupid things like fumbling the handoff or, or like, come on, now that that when I seen that, I was like, oh man, like either he got to come out or they need to spend some time over like after practice just doing handoffs because it's too late in the season for something like that to be happening, and it's not the first time it's happened. <laughs> yeah. Now, it also was not the best game for Hudson Card, was it, Jace? No, that was probably the worst that he's looked, including the Syracuse game, where he had four fumbles and a pick, or two picks. Um, he just looked so hesitant, and th- th- I counted about 12 times where he was sitting back in the pocket. He had four, five, six, even longer, um, and he just re- – the receivers weren't getting open, which I know plays a part in it, but – you have to either get rid of it or scramble and try to make something happen because he was sitting back there and um, just taking up too much time. And Iowa ended up getting six sacks, and they came into the game not having one against a Power 5 opponent. Uh, That that was another frustrating thing is just mm, you you hate to see a team do something that they haven't done well all year. (laughs) Especially with something like getting sacks. Yeah, and, and honestly, Purdue's protection has been relatively okay. Um, I know uh, it's not going to get any better with Marcus and Bo out now, is it, Jace? No, and that was – I think that was demoralizing for that team. You could tell, like, a lot of those guys can't – he – Marcus chucked his helmet like 20 yards when it first happened, um, so you knew something was really wrong. And then um, it felt like the entire team was, was out there surrounding him as he was getting – I couldn't quite see if it was an air caster or what it was, but uh, that's just demoralizing. For one of the leaders of the offensive line, you get one back a few weeks ago in, in Gus Hartwig, and um, I thought the offensive line had been doing a lot better. Um, and then you have something like this where it's just it's just a, a, a body blow um, to that unit. So, Did they say what happened to Tyrone Tracy? I know he went out late in the first half too. 
on the broadcast they said it was an ankle and that's um, what i thought yeah and ryan walters said today that he would be shocked if he played against ohio state so there's, oh, a, I mean, there's another one there and then he also <laughs> coach walters also talked about max Clare is out for the year and as is uh marcus wilson the starting quarterback cornerback excuse me um so i mean guys are dropping left and right and it really really couldn't come out of time to be honest uh, it's uh, it really feels like going into this Ohio State game. It's the all right. Let's try to survive this one and get to the bye week. Man, like that's a lot to to go against. And then have to play Ohio State. <laughs> and I'm going to the game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, but you know, there were some positives. I think Devin Mockaby seemed to really. Uh, be able to churn out some yards in the second half. He finished the game with 89 yards and a touchdown, and he was part of the reason Purdue even had a chance late. And I, I was very, very pleased to see him finish that game strong. Yeah, because after that fumble, I thought it was like, right, here we go again. It, it might get in his head, and we really don't need that because you're one of the bright spots out there right now. So I was happy that he was able to shake off that fumble and get back and then run the guy over, get an end zone. It also was a breakout game for Garrett Miller, wasn't it, Jace? Yeah, he almost had a career high for – he tied a career high for catches and almost had one for uh, receiving yards too. And that's what they need out of him because Max Clare goes down for the rest of the year. A guy that was Hudson val- or Hudson Card's safety valve for a while. Um, and you need Garrett Miller to come in and, and really live up to the hype that the – Graham Harrell and and Ryan Walters and Seth Dagey have been talking about since day one. They've all been excited about him, and and now we're finally starting to see it, which um, which could pay dividends for this Purdue offense. Yeah, and uh, first real big game of the year for T.J. Sheffield, too. And, you know, I know Purdue didn't get any points out of it, but that early punt return, that's something that Purdue has been missing for, oh, goodness, I think the the last time Purdue returned a punt for a touchdown, Corey was still on the team. Oh wow! <laughs> I th- I think it was Aaron Valentine. I- I'm pretty oh. sure it was Aaron Valentine that did it. <laughs> AJ, oh man, that might have been the year after I left. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was two. Th- it was Hope's first year. Yeah, he yeah. returned one for. It's, yeah, but since then, Purdue's had essentially nothing in the punt return game, which I, I know that crazy to think about. Yeah, and, and I know punt returns are even harder to these days with uh, the way these punters can get hang time and everything else. But, yeah, th- that just was another missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, I, it, I was surprised when I saw it. Coach Petrelli uh, posted something on Twitter today. TJ Sheffield's second in the Big Ten in punt return yards. And it doesn't <laughs> feel like that. But then again, you get one big return you're going to get vaulted up that list. And then Tyrone Tracy, um, a large part of it is that touchdown he had in week one, but I think he's first in kick return yards this year in the Big Ten. So um, it necessarily hasn't really felt like it, but those guys are, are, are producing back there. I think Sheffield had a decent return against Fresno as well. I, yeah, he had a 29-yarder against Fresno. It was that one that – he fielded on the bounce and just found a little seam to get a little bit extra. So now he's had two that are about 30 yards, and you're right. That's that's going to skew things a little bit. <laughs> hmm. uh, well, uh, anything else that we want to talk about for Iowa? I mean, it was 
it was honestly a bit of a dull game because it just felt like I, once Iowa got ahead by 10 points, they make a 10-point lead feel like five touchdowns. And <laughs> there was there was a stat during the broadcast that I, I didn't catch the exact numbers or the number of years, but I believe they said that Iowa was like 65-2 and two when it led any game by eight points or more in like the last 10 or 15 years. And they hit that 10-point threshold early in the second quarter. And I'm like, surely, you know, when Purdue went into halftime down 10-7, I thought they had a chance, but it's just amazing that they can do that. I feel like I feel like Jesse in Breaking Bad with the he can't get getting away from this. <laughs> but they do. I mean, they do. They're five and one, which I mean, Purdue has had the better offense all season, but Purdue's two and four. Iowa's five and one. Who? You, what team would you rather be on right now? <laughs> I think it's hard to believe any Iowa record. Like they've won eight games. I forget the stat off the top of my head, but I think they're like one of six or eight teams that have won eight games over the last decade in a row, or something, something crazy like that. And it never feels like they're an eight-win team, but somehow, some way, they they just always find a way to win. I mean, they won a game last year, seven to three, without scoring a touchdown. How, how do you win a game with two safeties and a field goal? Like, like, like Joe Taylor used to say, offense scored well, uh, ten points. Defense, I got to hold them to nine. Defense, <laughs> they score eleven points. Offense, I got to score twelve. <laughs> I like that. I mean, winning is winning. It's, sometimes that's all that matters, though. Is Exactly. One point to win. <laughs> That's all you need. You can win a national championship on one point games. <laughs> yeah, we saw Ohio State do that in 2002. I was at the uh, Purdue Ohio State game that year, and that was an ugly 10 to 6 win for Ohio State that they won on a fourth and one pass with a minute to go, but wait, they won. <laughs> That's all that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have anything to add, Corey, before we uh, take a quick look at Ohio State here? I mean, man, I wish you guys didn't get hurt this week. <laughs> so yeah. Need them. yeah, so you're missing one of your top offensive linemen, arguably your best rece- or running back on the season, one of your top cornerbacks, your top tight end. Uh, that, that sounds even worse now that I say it, down four starters. <laughs> Right. And Hudson Hudson Card's banged up, too. Yeah, and you're looking at if Card can't go, it'd be what? Bennett Meredith will get the start? Yep. And I don't know if Bennett Meredith has taken a snap (laughs) in a collegiate game. I was about to say, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) I ain't even heard his name in a mop-up time. (laughs) We haven't had any mop-up time this year. (laughs) Oh, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're going to do here is we're actually going to try and make this one larger podcast for the week as I will be out of town starting tomorrow night, and I know it's a busy week, but uh, we'll go ahead and take an early look here at Ohio State. And safe to say it is a very Ohio State team, isn't it, Chase? Yeah, it's it's Ohio State and everyone that, watches college football knows what I mean when I say that. I mean, they're just immaculate in our, all areas of the game. 
um, got out to a five and zero start, and they've really started, they've really started finding their groove a lot better offensively. I think over the last few weeks, um, and then, I mean, it goes without saying you got Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Ekbuka, you got Travion Henderson out of the backfield, Kate Stover at tight end. Those are four all Big Ten type players for them, um, just on the offense, and then their offensive line is, has been superb. Uh, Kyle McCord really come into his own in his first year as a starter, but I've really, I've really been impressed by their defense. Um, they let up the most points that they've allowed this year was 17 and it was still Maryland's worst offensive game of the season. I mean, that's just, yeah. And Maryland had plenty of opportunities last week too. They made him sweat at least a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it just kind of speaks to how good that Ohio state defense is. And um, I think it's something that's, that not a lot of people are talking about um, when you think about Ohio State. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. They gave up. They beat Indiana 23 to three, and that was one of those games where, as you said, the defense was just dominant, and you know the offense may have been a little slow starting, but they won. You know they weren't going to give up much of anything. They win at the last second against Notre Dame 17-14. Last week, Maryland had a pretty solid first half against them, but did nothing in the second half, really. And, you know, like you said, this is this is the type of team that they're, they're not quite as good defensively as Iowa, but they also have the better offense. And you can't mess around with them, can you? No. And it, it was kind of surprising to me when I was looking at the stats. They're third in the country in scoring defense. They're behind... They're behind Michigan and, and Penn State, by the way, too. So oh. the three defenses in the country are all all called the Big Ten East home. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean they're just they're just elite all the way around. Really, there's there's no other way to put it. And I know there's going to be a lot of comparisons to their last visit to West Lafayette, where Purdue won forty nine twenty. I. It would. I honestly think it would take something really special for Purdue to win this game, let alone by four touchdowns. Especially they need some guys to step up this week. <clears throat> a lot of guys hurt. I mean, some guys going to get a lot of extra reps, so they might emerge, and those extra reps might help this week. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you look at some of their stats and the guys that you mentioned, Jace, Kyle McCord through six games, 1,375 yards, eight touchdowns with one interception. And he's a junior, really kind of – he's the first full – in his first year as a full-time starter. Travion Henderson ran for 97 yards and two touchdowns against Purdue two years ago. But between him, him and uh, Chip uh, Trianum, you know, that's another 500 yards of offense and eight touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., arguably the best receiver in the nation. You know, he learned a little – he learned a few things from his dad, I think. Maybe just a little <laughs> bit, right? <laughs> well, when, when Corey Sheets Jr. gets to Purdue, that's the only one I expect to threaten your record, Corey. I mean, man, <laughs> the, way the, the way the transfer portal is set up, <laughs> I don't think nobody going to express those numbers. You don't stay in school long enough. <laughs> <laughs> So, like you said, you're going to need some guys to step up. And, uh, man, it's, I'm trying not to be too negative on this one, but 
I mean, I you got to be you negative, know. but you're being, you're being real and you're being honest. I mean, if even if we had all our big guns and everybody was healthy, it still would be a tall order. So, I mean, we just we hoping for the best at this point. You all did, and guys that are back up that are now starters, shows what you got. It ain't going to get too much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this game is a little bit like the 2009 game where Ohio State came to Purdue. I think they had won 16 consecutive Big Ten road games. Purdue was 1-5. and five. And honestly, that was one of the very few times that I have ever gone to a Purdue game and expected zero chance to win. <laughs> and Purdue went out and beat them. But, uh, you know, that's because you had Ryan Kerrigan and Alex McGee, and uh, I forget who the third defensive linesman were. They had, you know, an incredible day. They were just absolutely dominant. You're going to need something like that. You know, this would be a great time for Nick Scorton to channel Ryan Kerrigan, don't you think, Jace? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that whole the whole pass rush was, was pretty quiet um, on Saturday against Iowa. They finished with one sack. I think it was Big Mo. Um, but after that, after five sacks against Illinois, I thought that they had an opportunity to go in there against Iowa and, and really get after Deacon Hill, and they just they just couldn't make it happen. And it's going to be even harder with with a guy that's building a lot of confidence under center and Kyle McCord, and then um, it just it feels like a tradition having a really good offensive line for Ohio State. Oh yeah, I mean. When any time that you face Ohio State, unless you are a Georgia or an Alabama, you're probably going to be at a talent deficit, right, Corey? Yes, I agree. And it's usually between the tackles where that talent shows up. That's the big difference. And talent and then or between the tackles and depth as well. You know, you got guys that are probably second, maybe even third string in Ohio State, they could walk to Purdue right now and start in a couple spots. And maybe a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess the one thing is strange things have happened to Ohio State when they come to West Lafayette. I was say, it's like they don't really like strange playing. things. It's like they don't <laughs> like playing there. It's crazy. Uh, it's a stat that I've mentioned a couple times. Ohio State is only three and five this century in West Lafayette. Purdue has more wins against them than I think any other team in the Big Ten, except maybe Michigan and Penn State now. And uh, all five have been in West Lafayette. And you got to go back to 2000. You had the infamous Drew Brees to Seth Morales game. You have 02. Purdue nearly derails their national title hopes. So it's almost six and two Purdue's record against them this century, uh, and then the two losses I believe was 07. We lost to them twenty three to seven, and then uh, Daryl Hazel's first year fifty six to nothing in a game that was not even as close as fifty six to nothing. That was brutal. <laughs> oh, I believe at that game, uh, my son was sitting with my parents. And I turned to my wife close to halftime and was like, do you want to, you know, we have a babysitter for the next hour or two. You want to just walk over to Harry's? And she's like, I'm not the one still standing in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we walked over to Harry's and watched the third quarter from Harry's and then walked back. <laughs> uh, so that's hope we have a good show in this week. I'm going to be at the game. So. 
Oh, you're going to be at the game. So are you, has the athletic department asked you to like be on the field or anything? Cause they've asked a lot of the former players to come out and yeah, like be honorary captains or something. Uh, no, I think you gotta be a part of the John Purdue club, uh, to be, to get those type of, uh, that treatment. Oh, well, that, all you gotta do now is you gotta donate enough money to get something named after you. I mean, shit, if I had enough money to uh, donate, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think my uh, accolades on the field should speak for itself. <laughs> oh, I like that. I, I like that a lot. Well, do you have anything to add about uh, Ohio State, Jace, before we start wrapping this up? No, I think we touched on it all. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can say. Ohio, you know, we're going to I'm going to do the uh Captain Obvious here. Ohio State's a lot better than Purdue in many areas, and it will take something phenomenal for Purdue to win, but we've seen it before, and I I think we're going to have to rely on that strange Rossaid magic <laughs> that only works against Ohio state in order to pull this one out. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Corey, before we're done? Uh, I can't wait to see the tiller tunnel. I heard it's uh, quite a thing to see. Yes. Uh, Jace got to walk through it when they dedicated it. And it's, it's pretty nice. I think I'm going to, I'm going to go down there on Saturday. I think I'm going to have to try and walk through it myself. <laughs> you can just walk through it. Like, if you like, tell yeah, I think if you're like a part of the team, you can probably walk through it. But you know, and that and Jason, I have the media passes. Oh yeah, that work. <laughs> well, uh, as I said, this is a shorter one, and but everything was pretty straightforward this week to talk about the uh, loss to Iowa and the defeat. Uh, the I don't want to say defeat, man. I'm really giving up, aren't I? <laughs> hey, that's not bad. Come on, that's still at home team. Uh, they got a chance. They always have a chance. They've proven to me that they always have a chance. And uh, I'm just hoping for some of that weird magic, because if they're able to upset Ohio State yet again, that would be pretty, pretty incredible. And it would be a huge boost to Ryan Walters early on here, wouldn't it, Jace? Yeah, it'd be (laughs) massive, because I thought this Iowa game was something that could really vault Purdue into bowl contention and then potentially even uh, making an interesting race in the Big Ten West. But now you look at their schedule, lose to Iowa, got Ohio State, you got the bye week, and then you got a trip to um, Nebraska, which, I mean, I know they haven't played the best competition, but they've been playing a little bit better under Matt Rule. Then you got a trip to Michigan. So um, it's not going to be very easy for for Ryan Walters. So if he could steal – um, and it, either one of the games against Ohio State or Michigan, it'd be absolutely massive. I think that win at Nebraska is, is possible uh, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, nobody in the Big Ten West has looked good outside of, you know, maybe Wisconsin. Uh, and even though Purdue just lost to Iowa, I still think that that's a very fraudulent Iowa team. <laughs> uh but uh, I think that Nebraska game is now a must win. And you get that that finishing kick of Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana does not look bad at all. Mm. Two very winnable games. Three. three. Yeah, you got to get Minnesota, Northwestern, and Indiana. But, I mean, those those are three winnable games. you got two of them at home. And I, I don't want to put everything in the basket for that Nebraska game because you still got to play this week. But – 
man, it's nice to have the buy before that too, when it's, you know, one of the bigger games that you're going to need the rest of the way. All we need is one game. This will be this this will be the one game to start us on that road. Yep. And uh hopefully hopefully we're pleasantly surprised this weekend. I, I would love to be surprised and see Purdue pull off yet another win over Ohio State. We got a noon kickoff. We're on Peacock again. And uh let's let's just surprise the world again, why don't we? That it's a lot of fun beating Ohio State. <laughs> Well, all right. So for Corey and for Jace, we do thank you for listening to us. We thank you to Reindeer Shuttle as always. We thank you to Homefield Apparel. Go there, use code Boiler Upload, buy a lot of stuff because you don't get the hookup that Corey does when he can just go to the uh, athletic department and say, hey, what you got for me as a former player? And they didn't have too much. They sent me a link to buy some tickets. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to meet up with you on Saturday, Corey. We'll have to find out. I'll have to meet up with you in the stadium. So uh, we'll uh, we'll all be there, and uh, hopefully we can pull this one off because that would be a lot of fun. So for Corey and for Jace, I am Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and Boiler Up. BTFU. BTFU.